Hi guys, my name is Sonia Singh and I welcome you to another podcast of Searching Paradise where my goal is to take you a step closer to happiness and your own version of paradise. Today we have an amazing guest and I love talking to him. I can talk to him for hours and hours. Thank you so much for being here, Chizuel. Thank you. It's amazing. I mean, I've waited for this day since we started speaking and I was when you first when you first reached out to me and said you wanted to speak to me on a podcast. I'm like, okay, where is this going to go? But now I'm here. I am so excited. Uh, we've spoken before. Now we have so much in common, and the vision is great. And I just want to share what I have inside with you and your audience and your you know, and everyone listening. So please take me through the journey. I want to also search for paradise as well. So I need to know what that yeah. means for me. Uh, yeah. And uh, for people who do not know and uh, they're just getting to know us that, uh, you know, we have this amazing bond and we keep talking for hours. I think that's something amazing. Since, since day one, we've been doing it and we have so much vision in common. So that is a really good thing that I enjoy. And I want people to know a lot about you also. So, you know, I would really want you to start by giving us insights about what do you do and where do you come from and what is it about you and the whole whole risk factor. I think that's amazing. That's fine. My name is Chizubal Egudo. A lot of my friends or people call me Cheese for short. So whatever it is, you can call me Cheese or Chizubel. Um, I'm here in the United Kingdom. I was born here. I grew up in Nigeria because, you know, as a young child, my parents took us back home as typical African parents do back then. Um, so I spent a lot of my time growing up in Nigeria, but uh, I came back here in 96 and been here ever since, which has been great. And I have used my time here to really bring to life what I've always wanted to be. And that's a business owner, being an entrepreneur. It's something I've always wanted to do from a child, from a very young child, from when I was in school. I keep selling pens or having to create cards. I, I love the idea of being independent and that's what I am today. I'm an independent business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm growing my brands. You mentioned risk. Yes, that's my thing. That's what I do. Um, I don't know what to call myself yet, but the vision I have is to empower people so they can achieve their purpose through risk. Now, a lot of people think about risk and they think about risk as something bad. And I'm sure you've thought about that as well. Most people think, <laughs> most people think, oh, that's risky. Stay away from that, you know. But what a lot of people don't understand is that in this subject or in the discipline of risk, that there is the good side and there's the bad side. So risk is just the umbrella. Now, what I've done is taking that a step further. And I came up with the concept of the risk of you. Without humans, you don't have risk. So the risk of you means that you as a person influences the outcome. Does that make sense? Mm, not really, but you might have to explain further. Okay, so let me explain a bit more with my definition of risk. Okay, before I do that, let me go to the old definition of risk or what you guys know to be risk. Because people say risk is something that can have a negative impact on you or something that's dangerous or it's a hazard. In this subject of risk, they say risk is that thing that if it happens, it can have a negative outcome or it can have a positive outcome. So that's the thing. 
Now, in my time, when I spend time with clients and working through them to optimize their business practices so they can take things through a risk-based approach, a lot of the focus is on the negative. And that doesn't work because in risk itself, like I said, there's a good side and there's a bad side, what we call the negative and the positive or what you call threats and opportunities. Now, my version of risk is saying that you as a person, you are the risk. As a business, you are the risk. So my definition of risk is that risk is a person or an entity with a purpose. Risk is a person or an entity. An entity is a business, an organization, a company, a country, a nation, an economy with a purpose. Because what's lacking with the way, the current way of thinking about risk is that it's not aligned with purpose. And that's what I saw as a flaw while working with so many organizations and they have a risk framework and it doesn't work. So I came up with my own version, which I am promoting hardly through my brand, The Risk of You. The Risk of You is my brand and is also a movement to get people to think about your purpose, achieving your purpose, because how we think affects how we behave. And, you, and I'm sure you know that already through what you do, <laughs> why, you know, searching, searching paradise. How we think or how we feel affects the outcome. If you think negative all the time, the outcome is going to be negative. Yeah. And that's what I'm changing through the risk of you is empowering people so they can achieve their purpose. Go back to my definition of risk. Risk is a person or an entity with a purpose. You have to have a purpose. Define that purpose because you determine the outcome, whether you achieve that purpose or you don't. And it's as simple as that. And that's a more empowering way to think about risk as opposed to thinking about, oh, it's risky, it's bad, stay away, don't do it, don't start that business today, don't take that course, it's not good for you, you don't know if it's going to work. You see, all those negative way of reasoning is what holds a lot of people back from truly becoming their best selves. And that's what I'm changing through the risk of you. I think, uh, and that's a complete different approach than we are, what we are conditioned about. And, you know, from childhood, you're told, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, you don't touch this, don't eat this. And I think that don't, don't, don't factor has become a risk for us as well. And the moment I hear risk, it, it's just like a warning sign. It's like a red sign. Don't go there. Don't. don't. And anything that I find discomforting also, and I have, everybody has this tendency of just avoiding it. And, uh, you know, to simply think of it as a risk that something that you don't take, the chances that you don't take is often that you have, you turn it, then it turns into regret. I think that's, uh, that's something that you come from. And I, I like the idea of it. So how do we implement in our life and similarly in business as well? So absolutely that's a great that's a great question the way you implement that or this concept of the risk of you is number one you need to know that what you do or how you think creates the result of what you do or, or how you think let me make that simpler now how we perceive ourselves usually results in what we produce if we perceive ourselves as 
oh, I'm incapable of doing this. I might as well let someone else do it. I'm not good enough. Then that's what it's going to be. For the, I think it's in physics where they say, for every action, there's an equal. equal how does it? Opposite, equal and opposite reaction. Absolutely, yeah. it's as simple as that. What you put in is what you get out, and it's mm -hmm. as simple as that. So to eliminate this limiting mindset that we can't do it, we have to first of all believe that we have the abilities to do it. Um, I read the story of um, of Seven Up, the soda drink. You know the soda drink Seven Up. Yeah. Do you know why it's called Seven Up? No. Because he failed seven times. Oh, okay, okay. That's why that's it's called. That's why the soda is called Seven Seven Up. Yeah, okay. he failed seven times. So, the way we think about failure, or the way we feel about failure, affects us. Now, if you think about failure, and I'm going to give you a really good um, insight here on someone I read about. Um, the way we think about it, if we think failure is means I can't do it, then that is what's good, that's what it's going to become. But if we think failure as, oh, okay, I didn't achieve that, but I have learned something, mm -hmm. then failure becomes a lesson. Yeah. I read a book, it's called The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. It's such a great title the art of significance, achieving the level beyond success. It's by a guy called Dan Clark. And he used to be an NFL player in the US and he had this massive um, um, injury where he got paralyzed during training. And he was in bed, I don't know for how long, quite a number of months. And it was only when he changed his mindset about questioning, why me, why me? that he began to heal because he started to think positively. And I believe that we can heal ourselves through positive thinking. Yeah. Now, he said this, and, I can, and, I'm, and I'm gonna quote him. He said, pain is a signal to grow and not to suffer. When you learn the lesson pain teaches, in life, there are no more mistakes, but lessons. You see the reversal? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the same approach I'm taking with the risk of you. It's taking something that people have been wired to think negatively about and turning that into opportunity, into reward. Yeah, when you think risk is negative all the time in life or in business, that's what it's going to produce for you. But when you align your thinking of risk to purpose, why are you here? then you are driven to want to achieve your purpose okay. in life and in business. It's, okay. There's no difference because people run businesses. Sometimes we seem to have this attitude that, oh, business is something abstract for me. No, people run businesses. Yeah. So we think of people like, uh, I'll throw some names out there. Um, let's say Jeff Bezos, Amazon, Elon Musk. Tesla, they're human beings. Yeah. They have feelings like you and I. Yeah. And I always say, when I have conversations with my friends, I will have these you know, debates about, you know, sometimes why we don't achieve a certain level. I always say, 
Jeff Bezos hasn't got two brains. He's got the same one brain as you and I. He didn't come out from his mother's womb a genius. Elon Musk wasn't born, he wasn't born, you know, a billionaire. Well, he might have, you know, some great parental background where they've got lots of money, but he became what he became, you know, as a result of challenging himself. And that's, we all have that opportunity. I believe everyone in this, on this planet has that opportunity. We just have to find it. And I don't care where you are in the world, you know, whether it's some slum and the ghetto, everyone is born equal in mind. And we just have to find that opportunity. Sometimes we stop searching, we stop finding because we think that our destiny has been defined for us by someone else. That's a lie. You know, why should, why should a fraction of people own all the wealth in the world? That's because we stopped searching, we stopped trying. We gave it up. Hey, Jeff Bezos, take, you can have my millions. You know, <laughs> uh, Elon Musk, take, Microsoft, take. You know, I don't want to search anymore. I don't want to aim, you know, higher anymore. You take my own share. That's crazy. I'm going to take my share. Take your share, Sontia. <laughs> I think that is true. And um, yes. I would say that a lot of people give up so easily. Just because Very easily. They, they, because maybe they are still living in past. Maybe, you know, the present situation is not what they want it to be like. But uh, I always wonder, like, everybody has this ignition inside them everybody has this burning fire to do something it can be as simple as opening a bakery shop or just selling cakes from home absolutely to writing a, book, to writing a poem but what happens how do you get confided into you know such situations that you you feel anxious you feel depressed like what can be the situation like what happens there let me use a personal experience to answer that question. Yes, love it, love it. <laughs> I've personal experience. Now, I was married, I'm divorced now. I had a very messy divorce. Now that divorce took me to ground zero. I mean, I was doing so well. I was you know, uh, one of the top consultants in risk and all that, worked for many, multiple organizations. And then that period came 2015, right up until 2016 and then 2017 the worst period of my life. I lost every goddamn thing I owned from living in a four bedroom house to sleeping on the floor in my friend's bedroom in one of his, in one of his, you know, one of his spare rooms. Yeah, that's ground zero. But I didn't feel defeated. And that's coming back to people giving up too soon. Yeah, sometimes it goes to extreme whereby people have gotten so low as a result of what's happened to them in life, that they sadly take their own lives. Life is beautiful. Going low is a simple automatic, not automatic, but there's just a simple adjustment of the way we think about things, the way we perceive things can change our outlook. Now, did I feel regret that you know, I lost everything. Hell no, they're all material things. I can get I can get them back. You know, I had a beautiful car, I had a lovely house, I had I had I'm I'm crazy about watches. I love watches. I had you know expensive watches. I had to sell most of those things to make money to get a bit of money so I can pay for basic things. But here I am today, back again. 
And I didn't have my brands then, but during that time, what was I doing? I wasn't leaving my mind idle because I know the things, what I had, what I have in my mind that created me, the world I had then, is still there. That's not taken from me. But I can allow it to be taken from me if I allow that momentary period of sadness where I've lost this, I've lost that, I've, you know, my, my kids, I don't see them as often as I do anymore. If I allow that to cloud my vision of where I want to be in the future, then that's me giving up. Sometimes we, we, sometimes we die before even being dead. And that's when you give up, we die, you know, we kill ourselves before being dead. And that's a crazy, ridiculous place to be. So we have to always look beyond the material things. Don't give a damn about what people say or how people see me, because I think people set, you know, tend to leave themselves to be governed by how people see them. I don't care about that. You know, at that time, yes, a few times, you know, I would see a few friends here and there, talk to a few friends on the phone, but I shut off from the world. It's my period of solitude to recreate myself. And through that process of recre recreating myself, hey, I have the risk of you. I'm writing books and then using those negative things to create positive outcomes. So we don't need to give up when we have setbacks in life. Ask yourself, what's that setback teaching you? What can I do in the future? Where do I see myself? Let's stop, let's, let's stop thinking small. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of times we think too small. We think shallow, we think we can't go far in this world. We think we can't be where, we can't be, we can't be you know, on the world stage. It's all possible, but we just have to think differently. You know, and I know that with my brand, I'm creating something amazing. I'm gonna be on world stage. And I know that is in my vision and it's all coming there. And I say this to people that in the last two, three years, the people who have come into my life are not people I met. They found themselves into my life. And these are very significant people that, oh my goodness, if I had given up, I would not meet them. I can't mention any names, but one of them actually, she, she's amazing. She's my co, uh, she's my co, co coach on one of my products and two of my products. You know, you know, award-winning journalist for, for Sky News, Fox News, um, ITV. She's been all over the world. Oh my goodness! And she's she's on my side. She's brought her friend on board as well, who's done some stuff with Interpol. You know, she's on my side. Oh my goodness, if I had given up, then I've given up on all this already. So that's the thing. We have, everyone is, everyone is born to do well, but let's not give up in our minds because when you give up in your mind, you give up on your reality. Yeah, and, and you met me. You forgot to mention me. And I met you, oh, yes. oh my goodness, yes. Oh my goodness, yes. Are you joking? How could I forget that? And I met you, amazing. And I'm having this conversation. You give me this opportunity to be here to share my story. And I met you. If I didn't put myself out there with my story, with my content, I would not be here with this beautiful, amazing woman. And we're gonna go on to do some amazing things. Yes, I met you. 
<laughs> but, you see, but you see what I mean, though. You see what I mean. If I had given up, Sonia, you would not know me today. Yeah, that is for sure. That is for you sure. You wouldn't know me. Yeah. And I'm sure you did a bit of research and you saw, oh, this guy, who is he? Risk? Okay, let's talk to him. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's true because if I wouldn't have gone out and I wouldn't have looked for a person like you, I would have never found out if I was just doing my regular thing and, you know, just living out there, chilling and, you know, not striving to look forward to have people on my podcast, something like that. And then similarly with you, if you would have given up back then and, you know, you would have been in We're not going to be here situation. today. Yeah. And... I think that's that's the mystery of the universe and how mysterious it is. I know, um, I know. Yeah. I, I say to people that it's like magic. You know, I, I sometimes... So uh, let me give you another um, experience. So, now, the guy who does all my filming, I met him on the train while I was traveling into London. Uh, so the train was packed. There was only one seat by the window next to him. And I thought, oh gosh, he's such a huge guy. I'm not going to be able to bring out my laptop because I won't feel free. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, you know what? I'm going to just take that seat and bring out my laptop. Cut the long story short, during that conversation, we we spoke, we became friends, and he invited me to a networking event where um, where his cousin, you know, runs an organization where uh, he mentors people. And I got to meet his cousin, you know, who was my, who was my, one of my great coaches or mentors that I worked with two years ago and still today, you know, always guiding me through my business practices. And he actually helped me. He's not a risk practitioner, but he helped me answer a few questions that made my message clearer. So if I hadn't sat next to him, if I hadn't sat next to Ashley that day, I would not have had that opportunity. So Ashley till today shoots all my videos. And then I still have, you know, Martin who every now and then who send me a message on my phone. She's read this. She's watched this video, listen to this book. He's still guiding me till today. Um, we, We were supposed to meet up before the lockdown. He had just, he just bought a plane and he was inviting me to his airfield to come and, you know, to come and, you know, check his plate out. Can you imagine that? You know, mm-hmm. and we started talking about a plane because in my mind somewhere, I have a plane in there as well. I don't know when. No, no, no. I do have an idea when it's in there somewhere. And he's just bought a plane. He's bought one of the rarest planes in the world. And, you know, we're still having that conversation till today. And he's still there. He's... So we have to... Opportunities are around us. We just have to open up our minds to see these opportunities. If we're busy you know, being carried away by some of the distractions of life, social media, partying and all. I'm not saying these things are bad, but if we let these things define us, watching TV all the time, if we let these things define us, then we're not going to see opportunities. If we hang around the wrong people, we're not going to see opportunities. So we have to create space to let our minds challenge us beyond what we know. 
I think that's a fantastic thing to say because we just get so busy with the clutter that we have. We've created ourselves just by making the wrong sort of friends, just by you know thinking the wrong sort of thoughts. And because our thoughts are very repetitive, so you would know. I mean, you would uh, you know kind of agree with me on this factor that all of us, I mean, major thoughts of our are repetitive. So what we think every day is kind of like repeating itself until unless you like consciously train. and then thoughts yes so, yes and but people don't understand because it is their own thoughts so they never have this thing even going around their head that okay you know this is not supporting me maybe i should not think it in this way and i should look for a new perspective and think that happens a lot with people so absolutely absolutely because what's happened there is we've created patterns of repetition yeah, yeah? think about it this way um think about a, a you know a field or, or yeah a field a grass field you know a lawn actually not even a grass field a lawn and if you continuously walk in a certain path in a certain pattern over a period of time yeah. you're going to create a path on yeah. that on that lawn and the grasses on that path that you walk on over over time are going to be dead and you just you know you just have that path i see that all the time when i go cycling you know you see a grass field you know there's a yeah. pattern there because people walk over it continuously that pattern has been formed and it's the same thing with our minds we create patterns in our minds through repetitive to so many rep- repetitive unproductive activities mm-hmm. yeah and it said that i think it takes 21 days for habits to mm-hmm. form and when these habits are formed as a result of repetition i mean most of this 21 days is nothing we've spent our life being brought up in a certain way background or whatever and it's taking and years of patterns have been formed so how long is it going to take to unwire these patterns so it's a lot of work but you have to be, you have to want to change this pattern i had to go through it myself you know being brought up you know by an african family nigerian family too traditional and all that stuff i was the black i think i was the black sheep because i always <laughs> because i don't think like everybody else and i follow with everybody else because my way of thinking is different from everybody else in my family yeah uh, and i didn't mind that because i wanted to be different okay and i understood that to be different i have to think different i have to learn beyond what i have been brought up in because that would affect my personal life and it would affect my business as well i don't want to be what my dad was because i see beyond that and i i'm grateful for all the upbringing i brought i, I was i was brought up in i am grateful for all that all those values is still guiding me till today but there are certain things i will not agree with i'm not a very traditional person you know yes some of those customs i yeah appreciate why they're there but for me they are limiting beliefs that will hold me back as a person and as a businessman so we have to find out what our own limiting beliefs are whether they've come from family friends or the environment we grew up in because those limiting beliefs have formed patterns in our minds that's holding us back so we have to make the effort and how do we make that effort we have to learn 
first of all, we have to understand what's my why? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Okay, if it's not clear, let me redefine my purpose and then start working on it. People don't like the idea of working because it sounds like hard work. Because how do you eat when you don't work? <laughs> you know, how do you eat when you don't work? And you got to work. You have to put in the effort. You know, what does that mean? You have to read. People don't like reading. You see, I love reading. I've got multiple books in my office and in, you know, in our home. I just need to make the time to read them. Listen to podcasts. People don't like to listen to podcasts. That's the most powerful way. I don't think people need to go to university anymore because the podcast industry is the university of life. That's, you've got everything you need in there. And you're doing that right now, you know, Sonia. Because we spend time going to school, going to college, going to university, but it never teaches us what we need to do in real life. We learn the, 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 the principles, the theory, but in reality, no one tells us how to go about the dynamics of life, and especially when things change. So podcasts have been very instrumental in my learning and unwiring those patterns that are ineffective in my life. And I think everyone else, and I thank you for what you're doing, Sonia, because what you're doing, searching for your own version of paradise, I think that's such an amazing, amazing hook. Because everyone, when you think about paradise, it's this place of peace, you know, you know uh, tranquility, not just tranquility, but, you know, happiness. But we have to find that for us. What does that mean for me? And through your platform, we're having this conversation and I hope people can learn from this and see that it is possible. If I can grow from, you know, from being, you know, from doing so well to losing everything and then rising back up again. And I like to say rising like the Phoenix, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, true. <laughs> no, but true. You have to own this, believe these things. I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, or anything like that, but it's, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. I've been ground zero, having nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it's all in the mind. When we, if, if we constantly keep positive visions in our minds, we can achieve greatness. Businesses can achieve greatness. Small business can achieve greatness. And I think as small business, you know, business owners, you know, we, you know, we have the, we're not very favored because when things go wrong, like we're seeing throughout this pandemic, who suffers the most is small businesses. And that's because as the person who you are, you haven't really defined that business in regards to, in relation to what its purpose, what's the reason for that and having the right framework to achieve that purpose. And that's why most times when things happen, small businesses tend to go out of, you know, out of business. Because the mindset also of that individual who owns the business will affect the business in times of crisis. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to. So you 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 speak so much about being an entrepreneur, and this is what you wanted to. Uh, so there are two things that I want to ask. One, how did you find out? So it's it's very unusual for a kid to know what do they want and what what it has to be like because we are so confirmed by society as to get a job and that's the yes. and that's the usual way of living. And your parents would say, study enough. To get a job and you know go to college because you need a job to survive so how did you come out of it as a child like i said earlier on i had the pleasure of making money when i was still very young and it felt so good 
How yeah, it felt so good. And if I could make money while I was so young by just selling pens and pencils, you know, that my dad used to get from his company as souvenirs, I thought to and myself, you used to sell those? yeah, I sold them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I sold them. Because it was just there at home. There was so many of them. I'm like, why is so many pens and pencils doing nothing? So I took them <laughs> to school and I sold them in primary school. And I, I there was joy in, I, there was joy in making money. Okay. You know, at such a very young age. So that that instilled in me the whole idea of entrepreneurship from a very young age. I, I carried on from that to create other avenues for making money. Even while I was still in secondary school, in secondary school I used to make, you know, I'm, I'm quite creative. I used to design handmade cards for different occasions. You know, most people do them for Valentine's or their love cards, their girlfriends. I make those things and I make money from them. Wow. Then I got, we had a poultry as well at home. So I started, breed, I started breeding pigeons, you know. So from that I grew on to you know, cut a long story short, I was, in, I was in university in Nigeria, you know, and then while I was there, every now and then there's all these hiccups called, you know, um, teacher strikes or lecturer strikes and we're all at home. And I started, you know, I started a business with a friend of mine to source for work through, to source for business, to source for consultancy work. And I love the independence of making money or deciding how I make money. So the idea of really being an employee never sat well with me. I never saw myself as an employee, never did. Even though I held two permanent jobs, but I didn't last. And I only did that because the consultancy work wasn't coming. Okay, because yeah. I was just about to ask you if you've actually been an employee and did you- Yes, I have been, yes, months? I have been. I didn't last long, six months. The last one I did was six months, and that's because the consultancy work wasn't coming. So I thought, you know what? Let me just take something to get to get some money. And I got that I was in prison. You know, <laughs> I felt like I was in prison. Seriously, I couldn't wait to get out. And you know, while I was there, yes, I was delivering, but you know, it was still in my mind that I needed to get going. The company, the business wasn't giving me, it was a software company, they weren't giving me, you know, the angle I needed to learn. Yes, I learned from there. But I felt restricted, you know, to grow. And one of the reasons why I chose to be a consultant was to have the opportunity to go from one company to the other for the duration of time that I'm there and learn business. And that's what I did. While I was at university here, I was working already. I was in the job where most university graduates, you know, would aim to be at. I was working for a bank at that point, at that point in time. You know, Northwest Bank, you know, in their operations center. Most graduates would kill to be in that job, but I had that while I was still in my first year. Yeah. And that was because before that, I had been preparing myself, you know, to, you know, to take that route of work until I established my business. So everyone can be, be entrepreneurs and you can still be in a permanent employment and have skills. Like, you know, I know people who've, so actually one of my clients right now um, she, she's in a, she's in a job and she's trying to take a fashion brand and create something, um, amazing from it. So we all have, we all have gifts. And I heard something, someone, I can't remember who said that it was, a, I think it was a post and it says a salary is what they pay you 
to give up on your dreams. So when you are getting paid a salary, and I saw that with my dad, he was, you know, although he was a director and all he did, he's not a businessman, you know, and he was getting paid a salary. And by the time he retired, boom, nothing else. I cannot be that person. I have to create my, my own world. I, I, I love the joy of working and creating, you know, from my mind, I'm a creator, in, you know, from my mind, and that has to be continuous. And being in an employed job is restricting for me. It's fine for some people because they want to be controlled that way. That's fine, but it's not for me. Well, I think we all have the potential to be bold and be independent and not be not. For, for many people, it's a, it's a safety net to be employed. But today, the economy is such that even a permanent employee job is not safe anymore. Yeah. So why be there and not have something on the side that you can you know, monetize yourself? Right. And that's the way I see it. Okay. Can you talk to me about, um, so when you, uh, when you were working and you left and then you were thinking about doing something on your own, what did the day one feel like? You know, I think that's the difficult part. I, I don't think I had a day one because it's always been there. So okay. while working, I'm creating. Okay. Yeah. So I never had a day one. I've had, so while I was consulting for clients, I was building my business. And one of the first things that I did was consulting, other consulting you know, jobs. Yes, those consulting jobs were pretty much like a nine to five, you know, just one client at a time. It was, it was what, it's what you call, um, it's what you call a fixed time project where you get paid by the hour or by the, by the day. And mm -hmm. then it's difficult to have two clients at the same time, but I did that. I remember I got a, I got a job um, a project with a with a company in Malaysia in 2015, and um, I was in a project for an investment bank. Then it was such a tight, you know, schedule to do that because I was called out to Malaysia to come out and train a couple of you know executive directors in risk, you know, do a run a run a risk, risk seminar, and I had to give up my day job here. I, I didn't no, I didn't quit the contract. What I did was I took some time out, and I could, for, I could forgo three days of earnings for that experience. I mean, that experience, the money I forgo to go to Malaysia, all expenses paid, you know, fees paid, chauffeur driven, you know, I mean, the contacts I made, the money I gave up with my consulting job would not equal to what I have in value today, you know, from that experience. So, those were, so there was never really a day one for me per se you could say day one, maybe when I had my own office and all that stuff, but not really because I was already creating all that, building my network, you know, while doing all these. I didn't see myself as a typical consultant whereby I just sat there. I'm making contacts with clients, you know, building up on what I have already, having networking events, um, training on the weekends, you know, I, ha I, I teach people, I train on the weekends, I have callings at, you know, schools, universities to come and lecture people. So there was never really a day one for me. All I kept doing was growing, building up on what I have, growing, 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 until I have, you know, a team of my own and a space of my own. Is it because also, also because of the fact that you always have this thing in your head and because you always had that image in your head and you always have that notion 
so it was never like you know day one factor for you because in your mind you were already growing somewhere in your mind absolutely you that absolutely time. absolutely so that was there for me you know that was day one for me was probably that moment when i was a kid that was probably oh, my day yeah. one <laughs> yeah <laughs> for most people day one for them is when they when they start their startup project or their startup business for most people like that is there is their day one um, but for me, day one, I believe day one should always start from the mind, yeah. not, you know, in the, in the physical presence. And that's, that's where I'm different. Talk to me about the fact that, okay, uh, now that I'm listening to you, people must be getting inspired. So what do they start off with? What is it like their day one should look like? Because whatever that I've done, okay, that, you know, I, I acknowledge my present reality and people also must acknowledge their present reality. But what is like the starting stage? What do you think that step one has to look like? Yes. Step one always has to come back to why. Okay, let's say, okay, let, 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 me, let me go a step before step one. Let's say step zero. What is it you have that you can give to the world? What's your skill? Okay. What's your passion? I think we have to start with that. And through that idea, you know, test that idea. Who is, who is doing that idea out there? What can you do better? Who will buy from you? Who will be your customers? You know, do that scenario play in your mind. I always say it all starts from the mind. You know, yeah. dreams, you know, that become reality starts from the mind. So identify what areas you can serve people and think about it as serving people, solving people's problems. What is, what is Amazon doing right now that they're not doing so well? That mm. could be your thing. Yeah. It could be on a smaller scale or start with that and then grow it. And then maybe Amazon will say, you know what? We're not doing that so well. You're doing it better than we are. I'm going to buy you out for a million pounds or a million dollars or whatever. Start with that. Start. What can you do to serve people? And then that becomes your product. It becomes your service. And then you define that, you know, define your why. Your why is beyond you. Your purpose is beyond you. It's how you impact the world, how you impact people. So I, I call this your global risk footprint. Yeah. Remember I said earlier that risk is a person or an entity with a purpose. We all impact ourselves. We impact our families. We impact our community. And we definitely impact the world by what we give out. Yeah. So just like we had, we, we, we had this thing called the carbon footprint in terms of um, global warming, we have the you know, global risk footprint as well. It's something I've developed. How do you impact the world negatively or positively? And I believe most people want to do good for the world. So that's what I, that's what I call you know, being ethical through what we do personally and through our businesses. So yeah. start with that, clarify that purpose, and then you have to understand how to get there yeah. and define that roadmap. What's that going to be? How do you get there? What do you want to achieve in year one? What do you want to achieve in year two? What do you want to achieve in year three? 
that gets you closer to your vision. So it's a process that you have to go through. And for everything on this planet, there is a process for how to go about it. Don't just think you can just pick up something and run with it. No, you know, uh, people who are in the race, you know, Usain Bolt is not going to go off track and cut across the field to get to the finish line. No, you just follow the process, running a straight line, 100 meters race. And that's, you know, find the process and no shortcuts. You know, people like to take shortcuts in life and want to achieve things because when you do, when you, when you go by shortcuts, uh, you, you stand the chance of fizzling out when things go wrong. And that's even worse than, you know, um, having it in the first place. So follow the process. There are, there's a process. Find the process that works for you because not all processes or strategies will be applicable or work for you. Find the one that works for you. Test them out and then implement. And just don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what people are going to say. Oh, they will tell you it doesn't work. What you trying to be, you're trying to be, you're trying to be, you know, you know, um, someone you're not. Come on, yes, I want to be someone I'm not. Why should I be here and not be somebody better? You know, so we have, we can grow. We can all grow. But I think uh, what's happening nowadays with these social media is that you are not being yourself when you are by yourself as well. So I'm always presenting myself via filters, via... Um, <laughs> by, <laughs> only I, by... I, hate, I hate filters. <laughs> I can't stand them. <laughs> I can't so, stand those things, you know. So I think because it has inflicted us in such a way that you cannot stand yourself when you are without a filter. So I yeah. think to be themselves has become such a big task now because you don't know who you are anymore. You do not like what you see. You do not, you do not encourage the kind of thoughts that you have. And most of the time when you have like a brilliant idea, I would also like to add this fact that whenever you have like a brilliant idea, that could be like million dollar idea, I would say. Yes. But you like just shut it off, just kill it because it came from you. So it's always like that. So whenever I have an amazing idea, if I am I have this habit of self-sabotaging, then what I'm gonna do, oh, it came from me. What a stupid thing to think about. And you know, a lot of people have this habit that they think that they are not capable of building up. Yes. So that also kills a lot of potential that people can bring into. Maybe it could be just one small thing, one small change that anybody can bring, but believing and trusting in that idea and then doing the work is, is a lot of work for people and nobody yes. wants that. But you see, the thing is, what people don't realize is not doing the work to achieve greatness is also... It's also doing the work not to achieve greatness. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? yeah. That's deep, yeah. Yeah. So if we're spending time trying to make ourselves look better with filters and all that, we're making someone else greater than, who, than us. And who is that? Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. We're using what they've created because they're trying to pander to you know, our desires to look better. Why should I focus on how good I look when I can't even produce anything or make money? Is looking good going to make me money? Well, maybe for some people who are models, yes, you can make that money. You know, if you're a supermodel or something, but yeah. spending time, you know, self-sabotaging as you put it. I mean, 
it's 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 sad. It is sad. <laughs> it is really sad. You know, I, I, I can't I, even I, imagine I, myself. And sometimes I think I, I wish I could do everything or implement every idea I think about. I, I wish I could. And sometimes I see people who got great potential in them that they don't see in themselves. And I ask the question, why? Can't you see that you can be the, why are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Jeez, can I add something about it? Can I tell you yeah. what I tell think me. about it? Tell me. Um, so what happens is because we've, we've been there. So I've been that person also, and now I'm this person also. But what happens here is um, now that we have sort of clear idea of what we want to do, how it, how do we have to do it? And we are, we are willing to put the work, but when you don't have an idea, so you will put a lot of effort into, uh, you know, just, just surviving, just being there. Yeah. You know? And because we have such a clear idea now, I always look back and I think, oh my God, if I would have only started six months back, if only I would have started two years, three years back, I would have, I would have been in that place, but you have to be in that zone to be that person. Mm -hmm. So the person that I was that day cannot think of all of these things and do not have the courage also, and do not have the, you know, that mental zone also. So I think everything takes its time, but it is what, what do you want to see? Like what is mm -hmm. going inside your head and what do you want to experience is a big factor. So if you are influenced by, um, you know, a lot of, because of your friends or maybe the kind of conditioning from your parents and mm -hmm. maybe the kind of relationship that you're in with someone, it is highly, uh, it is highly possible that you might never come out of it, never come out of that zone. It is, Even if yes. it's painful, you're going to stick there. You're going to sit there and you're going to blame everything which is possible and which is around you to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is sad for, for us to see something like that. But, uh, you know, I wish we could only help these people and tell them. That I, know, I know, I know, I and, know. And I hope that this conversation what we're having you know, it's going to help people see that they can aspire to be better people. Because, I mean, look at you, we, we, we are different backgrounds, but in mind, we are twins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we're twins. You know, look at that. You know, and people don't understand the power of the mind. And in very simple terms, and I've mentioned this earlier, in very simple terms, how you feel and think upstairs will affect your whole being, your whole self. You know, so when we have these self-sabotaging thoughts, what do we do? Do we just, you know, give up at that? But then we're having self-sabotaging thoughts and we are watching other people on social media who are doing well. And who know, I don't know what goes, I don't know what goes through the mind of people who, who watch people who are doing better on social media and they're doubting themselves that they can't do that. I don't know what, you know, because I've never been that person to self-sabotage myself. I've always felt that given the right opportunities or finding the right opportunities, I can excel. You know, I can grow, I can be better. I'm always that person. And I rob this off on everybody around me. And if you're okay. not willing to be better, I'm going to let you go. I will just, I will get you out of my, because I don't want you to hold me back. 
No, whether it's friends or family, and that's the truth. And most people you mentioned earlier, you know, allow family and friends to hold them back. There's more loyalty to their friends and family than to themselves, success. And they, they don't think that, oh, by being better, I can help my friend or family to be better. I, yes, I would 200% agree with this, that because I have, I will develop right now, I will put in the work, I will avoid you for a certain time, because when I develop, when I grow, when I have the Absolutely. Certain, work, when I have the certain resources, I'm going to come back and help you. And, you know, I'm going to make you grow as well, but I have to take that time off and people don't understand Absolutely. that. Take that time off. I love the way you put it. Yes. Yeah. So it's always, I think all the great leaders, speakers and great minds always talk about, you know, being with yourself, because I think how you always say is the risk. You have to take that risk on yourself. You have to take that leap of faith for yourself in that present moment. I don't know where will I go, but I won't discover myself until unless I put some faith in me and I say, I'm going to do okay. I'm going to, I'm going to survive this. I'm going to be okay. If, if Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think a lot of people are so scared of being alone and, you know, just by be themselves and you leave them for one hour and they will go crazy because they cannot bear their thoughts. They cannot survive with their own identity. I think that's, let go. That's you don't need them around you because they're going to hold you back and you're going to be sad for the rest of your life. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing as, terrible i'll rather be dead than be sad for the rest of my life seriously you know because sadness you know th th those negative feelings oh my goodness is it's horrible it's a horrible disease you know for lack of a better way to put it it's a horrible disease to just be negative you know sad all the time angry all the time because i'm not doing this or i'm not doing that or somebody's doing better than me I can't find myself in that space. And, you know, it's not a space to create. And I, I don't know what your belief is, but I believe, you know, obviously we have a creator who's made us and we as human beings made by God, the creator, he's made us in his image. So that makes us mini creators. So we are creators as well. And to create you need, I was going to say you need a positive environment, but you need a negative environment as well to create. Because sometimes we don't appreciate the good when it's always good. It takes something bad to appreciate the good to yeah. happen. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah I but then we have to have the power to not allow the negative, the bad to stop us from creating what it is that we are creating and we can create multiple things you've created this podcast show i know you're going to create multiple things and products and all that stuff i'm creating what i'm creating through risk and all that i've got other creative talents in my mind things that i've brought out that i'm also working on as well we are creators and we need to be able to use our environment to fuel us to create and produce and you know put our greatness that can make a positive impact in the lives of people you know and in the lives of um um people that we want to help uh, people that in the, in the lives of people in the world you know so if i'm empowering people through risk who would have thought that you know risk is something that you can say is empowering and helping people achieve their purpose well i'm saying it now because i'm doing it for people i'm doing it for my clients i'm working for
because they are seeing risk a different way. They're not thinking bad, 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 negative, negative, negative. They're seeing opportunities. They are seeing rewards. Yeah. You got the podcast, Searching Paradise. You're helping people to find their own version of paradise. What does that mean for them? Happiness, you know, peace, you know, creating something for themselves, getting rid of negative, you know, doubt. You've just had this wonderful seminar that you've shared, you know, feedback with. I mean, those feedback were amazing, Sonia. Yeah. So if you didn't put this out there, you're not going to be, you, you don't know what these people are thinking when they got home and they're seeing the possibilities yeah. that's open before them. And I think we need more people like, uh, like us. Um, Absolutely. So even when we come from adversity and whatever happened to you and whatever happened to me, even if we were like put down and then, you know, we had our own years of struggle and we still do have a lot of years ahead of us. Uh, you know, to struggle and to grow from there and, you know, absolutely experience and, you know, I wouldn't call it pain, but it's just necessary, whatever. It's necessary it's, pain. It, no, it is yeah. pain. It is pain. Yeah. But it's necessary. You, you've <laughs> been going to the gym. You've been going to the gym. You're feeling the pain in your, you're oh, feeling I have. <laughs> yeah, but then I know it is necessary because I yes. know I wouldn't develop if I do everything. Exactly. Always done. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna like one day get frustrated over the fact that I'm not developing and I'm not changing. And uh, I think that will make me more miserable. And absolutely to a lot of uh, you know. Then I'm gonna throw tantrums on, on people. I'm gonna behave bad, and you know there are so many things that will start happening with me. So instead, you know, I can take care of one factor, which can lead to a lot of good things around me. So because I'm happy with myself, so I'm going to be happy around other people. If I'm happy around other people, then I have good thoughts. And then, you know, everything, the whole perspective of it. Let me add one more thing. Let me add one more thing. And when you are happy, you are healthier. I'm not a doctor, but I know that by being positive and happier, it makes your health is better. Because a lot of, I'm no doctor and I I have doctor friends and medical friends and all that stuff. We have debates. Um, yeah, we had one just a few days ago, but your health, your, your, your mindset influences your health. A lot of the, the, the diseases we have today is associated with feeling negative self, oh, yeah. the, 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 the result of that self-sabotaging, you know, um, mindset feeling sad, feeling angry, all those things have a health impact over a period of time. So certainly the opposite should be the choice and that's to be positive in the way we think. And that way we can be happier and healthier. So talk to me about you have two daughters, two beautiful Yes. Daughters. You absolutely love them. And I, you, yes, absolutely. So yes. So my, my first daughter, she's um sorry, finish your question. Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah, yeah. So my first daughter, Chilatam, she's um she's 10 and Chimalum, she's eight. They are amazing. And you know, I learn a lot from them as well. You know, coming from an African background and the way we were, we were raised, I didn't have the relationship I have with my daughters, with my parents. It was more of a heavy-handed approach. 
<laughs> you are the child. I'm the mother. I'm the father. Behave yourself. Be obedient. Don't talk to me when I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I wasn't going to be that kind of parent. Okay. Yeah. So I've built a very strong relationship with my daughters because I want them to see me as a role model of a man. So when they decide to eventually go into relationships and have their own families, they know what standards to yeah. aim for. Yeah. And the, the beauty about, you know, me is the fact that I understand a little bit about the dynamics of being a woman. I, I'm not saying I'm not a woman, so I don't understand everything, but I know a little bit. <laughs> I know a little bit. So I can teach them little what I know. I'm sure their mother does as well. I can teach them that. And it's for them to see that they have the ability to be what they choose to be. And they can be great as well. And coming from an African background, the way women are viewed, they're looked down upon, you know, your kitchen material, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, and sadly, a lot of this comes from women as well. Yeah. Um, that self-sabotaging um, belief. My, you know, they're amazing girls, um, 10 and eight. And um, like I was saying, I'm, I'm raising them in such a way that they see that they can, they can be great. They can choose to be who they want to be. I don't want it to fall into that trap of the status quo of what a woman should be or what you should do. I, I wanted to have a dy dynamic, broad way of seeing life. You know, like we mentioned earlier, the whole social media, you know, generation, you know, that dependency on, you know, on those things, you know, we always have conversations, we talk. Uh, one of the things I've done at home, although, you know, being in different homes, being single parent and their mom, they're with their mom sometimes, they were me sometimes. One of the things I've done at home is to create an environment where we can be creative in our minds. I got rid of my TV three years ago. You know, when I first got rid of the TV, um, it was a little bit, not for me, it was a little bit of uh, an adjusting, a period of adjustment for them. And what that has done is that it's created amazing moments. So we've created amazing moments for ourselves at home. We're talking more, we're communicating more. We, when we have dinners you know, at home, dinner time is the most amazing time ever because I get to hear all sorts of things, you know, silly things as well. You know? So they tell me about school, they tell me about who's done this, who's done that. It's a very homely, loving environment and that's what i want for them to have that foundation and even though they're not with me all the time i'm very present because every single day we talk every single day on the phone i mean as we were speaking i know my phone is buzzed and it's probably her around the time that she sent me that message telling me she's back from school so we do that they tell me they're back from school and then we chat and then we speak in the evening so that's the kind of relationship I've created. I want their experience of being a child to be different. I want it to be love. Let it just be love, 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 love. 
and giving them that support, that talking. I'm not heavy handed when it comes to disciplining, but yes, I do discipline. You know, sometimes you got to be firm when they've gone wrong and explain why. So it's getting them to understand that there are also consequences for certain actions as well. So I believe that my daughters, both the eight-year-old and the 10-year-old, are mentally more advanced than the children in their class, you know, when it comes to reasoning. And I love that. When we go out and we meet people, the kind of conversations they get in, you know, they, they get into when they're talking to people, I'm amazed, you know, I'm amazed that they are confident young women. And that's what I wanted to be because it's going to help them create what they want to create. Um, during the lockdown, I got them to start writing books. They started writing their own books as well. So my eight-year-old is writing, my 10-year-old is writing, although the 10-year-old seemed to have given up on writing because she doesn't want to be, um, <laughs> she doesn't want to publish her book. But my eight-year-old, she's still writing her book, you know, collecting her stories. But that's amazing because they've challenged themselves beyond people in their class. Yeah, so, and I love that about them. I'm so proud of them and love them very much. And I hope that they continue down this line. And that's my gift to them. You know, my gift to them is to be a great parent that will support them and help them grow to be who they want to be. Yeah, you can't ask more, but I want to ask you something. Sure. Will you adopt me? <laughs> 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 you seem to be doing such a good job at parenting. I I wanna be there. <laughs> okay, let's let's get the adoption papers. <laughs> we'll get the adoption papers. Yeah. Adopting yes, a twenty-eight-year-old. Adopt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm doing. So you know what I'm doing. So my 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 ten-year-old daughter. She's um she she said she's she's getting into design, creative work, and all that stuff. So. She's got all these editing apps, video editing app, picture editing app, and she's doing so great. I actually asked her to, you know, take some of my photos and see what she can come up with and create a post for me. And she's doing so, it needs a bit of polishing. So when she gets better, she's gonna do all my posts for me, you know? So that way I don't have to pay anyone. <laughs> so when I adopt you, when I adopt you, I'm gonna get you to take care of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm independent, I'm earning. And I'm exactly, you're independent. Well. <laughs> yeah, so that will work in my favor as well. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so you will have three daughters. And I'll have three daughters. <laughs> <laughs> then I can leave you with them and go out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, because I think um, it's very important to have like a very nurturing childhood, uh, especially till the age of seven. At least you need to be very careful as to how you speak to them, how you treat them. You have to give them a lot of confidence. You have to stop treating them like kids and actually give them the freedom of thinking that you yes. exist, you matter. Very, I think that very, is very true. And, uh, yeah, very true. But you I know what you said about... Mostly they are very busy. Yes. Yes, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, you were going to say, you, you said something about, you know, um, a child, you know, at the age of seven. Now, um, now there's, this, there's a religious group under the Catholic Church called the Jesuits, yeah? And they say something, 
give me a child up until the age when they're seven and I will tell you what they will be in future. So that period yeah, is yeah, such yeah. a critical time when your future is, I will say defined, but you are molded into a certain way. And most times you turn out how you have been molded in those first few years of your growing up. So those periods are yeah. very important in a child's life between the ages of one and the ages of seven, because by the time they're seven, they're formed already. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm glad. Uh, because why I particularly said seven is because, yeah, um, why I particularly said seven is because I was just listening to uh, one of the neuroscientists who was talking. I don't mm -hmm. remember, maybe it was Deepak, uh, Dr. Deepak Chopra or maybe it was Dr. Joey Dispenza, but one of them. So I, whenever I want to learn something and, you know, like a certain topic, so I always go up to like, you know, science, like, you know, what does the doctor say and what is neuroplasticity yes. and neuroscience and everything, because that will give you a lot of insights to understand the basic laws of nature. Absolutely. Yeah. So he was saying uh, that, you know, by the age of seven, so till seven, these kids, their un subconscious brain is still developing. So they are always in that zone. They are always in uh, beta zone. I think that's what they were saying. Yeah, beta zone. It has to be. So your mind frequencies are in that. So whatever you give them, they like just take it Absorb and it. store it. So that's the sort of person that they become. So it is very important till seven, you treat them, you know, in a certain way. And then you encourage them to think more thoughts and, you know, be more creative. And then after that, maybe what you can start doing is like start um, telling them, what do you think about it? And then, you know, develop them in that sort of way. Then you can start giving them some kind of responsibilities and something to think about, like in a way to function. So absolutely that is very important and i i don't i don't think so people understand parenthood and they just like pop out a kid and just be like yeah <laughs> you're, you're so right you know a lot, of, a lot of parents a lot of parents you know don't understand parenthood and um i wish they knew these things because if they knew these things though if they know these things they probably would not have that child you know and sadly a lot of parents and I think particularly mothers um, use their child as um, pacifiers for their own emotions. And I think that's emotional wrong. Emotional support, mostly, mostly like a support. I emotional support, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And that's depriving a child of their own life when you use your child as an emotional crutch or emotional support or comfort and all that. And one way that I'm still very traditional is when it comes to family values. You know, although I'm a single parent, I'm not a fan of single parenthood. I am where I am by, you know, the consequence of my actions and, how, and who I chose to get married to. But a family needs to be together to raise their child. So right now, there's this glorification of single parenthood, especially single motherhood is being glorified. Nobody really thinks about 
the importance of a father's role in the child's life. You see a child most times is the mother all the time, the mother all the time. And now don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not saying the, the, the mothers are perfect or not perfect or nobody's perfect anyway, but when a child is made to see that your father is not important in your life, but I'm the more important one, how do you think that's going to impact that child's life? Yeah, and I think all those things are, are needs to be considered before having a child. Now, there is something I wrote in one of my posts a few months ago, and I said in that post that the worst gift you can give to a child that is unborn is the parent you choose to have that child with. Yeah? It can be the best gift that you give to the child as well. But the parent you choose to have a child with can be the worst or the best gift you give to that child. No questions about that. Yeah, that is true. I'll do I'll, I'll do I'll do a mic drop on that one. <laughs> and thank you so much guys for tuning into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have we have the moment here. So, what do you think? Um, so, I I would want to wrap up, uh, you know, this sure, podcast. Sure, sure. So, I don't want to stop talking to you. No, but... no, no. I love talking to you. I can carry on. I mean, this is my day's work today. You know, this podcast is my day's work today, and I'm so 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 enjoying this. And I hope millions of people get to listen to this podcast. I hope I want millions of people to hear this especially millions of people from our background, from the African-American background, the African background, the Asian background. I want people who are, you know, who, who are less privileged to listen to this podcast and see the possibilities of what they can become through what we're doing. Yeah, I would say that. Um, you know what, Chase? I would say it's not—it's not less privileged, but it is—it is that we are not using the advantages that we have to its maximum. I would say that everybody has a phone okay. these days. Okay, everybody yeah. has phone. Everybody has internet. Absolutely, up in absolutely. India, everybody has that, and they—the way that you use it is what defines you so you can what use it to you. keep Absolutely. scrolling you know on tiktok mm -hmm. on instagram and in facebook or maybe you can use it to read books i study a yes. lot from youtube that's all I, I i i i don't open netflix i i do i have all of those subscriptions but i don't use it so we when i sit um, with a plate you know with food since i live alone everything i the only thing that i'm going to do is i'm going to open youtube and i'm going to search for one of the neuroscientists who's going to like talk to me for like another 30 who's minutes who's your favorite and you know i'm absorbing that uh, knowledge mm -hmm. um sorry my who's favorite? your favorite oh okay so i <laughs> i i listen to a lot uh, i i love dr joey dispenza mm -hmm. and uh, you know i, like I listen well. to dr huberman as well uh, dr bruce, bruce lipton uh, yeah and then you have uh, yeah so bruce, bruce lipton is a good one as well he talks about you know how the mind works mm -hmm. and the body and all that and how it affects our health he's a great one 
I listen to. I can. I, I'll go and listen to him because I'm always looking for new people to listen to. Yes. And um, somebody. He he wrote a book uh, called The Biology of Belief, which is a great book. Wow. Yes. Um, Joe Dispenza. Yes. You know, I, I like Joe Dispenza. I've read his book. Um, um, what's his book called again? Um, Placebo. Evolve, evolve, evolve your brain. Oh, evolving your brain. Okay. Evolving and I read, your brain. Um, yeah, the, uh, placebo. Uh, the one on placebo effect. It's placebo effect. Uh, yes. Your mind is a placebo. Uh, something like that. But I think it's yes. amazing. So even if you I read, read that one. the first two chapters, you will get the whole idea of it. Okay. And uh, he explains in such detail. And I like listening to him when I see him in videos because he has a very calming effect and the way mm -hmm. he talks. And, you know, he makes it funny as well. And every morning I listen, I mean, every morning when I get up, <laughs> yeah, every morning yeah. when I get up. So I have this video downloaded. Every morning I listen to him. So he talks about, uh, you know, emotions, mind, thoughts, neurology mm -hmm. and everything. And it's just recorded. So I listen to it every day. I know word by word, but I just like listening to it because it just keeps reminding me of who am I as a person and what can mm -hmm. I do and, you know, how do people behave? So I think that really helps me. That's great. That's great. So the, the, those, those things, I think it's, it's great to have those, um, what I say, mental affirmations that helps you um, stay focused. Uh, I do that a lot by listening to podcasts. But one thing I do, which is more practical to me, is I have several reminders. I use my phone a lot. And my phone is, um, is pretty much my notebook. And I write, you know, on my phone. And I set reminders at specific times of the day with specific, um, specific you know, quotes or specific things I have captured just to embed certain thoughts in my mind because the thoughts I embed in my mind are associated with my vision. So um, in the morning I have, I have two that usually pop up. Uh, during the course of the day, I have several that will pop up and I have my four o'clock one which says, step away from my desk, time to just you know, create calmness and just meditate you know, for seven minutes. I do that at night times. I have several ones as well that remind me to do. I wish I can stay on top of all of them, but I just stick to my key ones. And I, I, I believe these things are these are part of the things I've created to, like I mentioned earlier, on to eliminate some of those patterns that were associated to my upbringing as a child. So you have to fill that space with something positive, something productive. If that space is not filled up with something productive, then something unproductive is going to get in there, and uh, and we don't want that, you know. And it's it's, it's really important that we make this, we, we practice this on a regular basis. You know, um, I, I don't know about you, you know, um, what your religion is, but um, I'm I'm a Jehovah's Witness and. You know, prayer is important. You know, prayer is important. So having times to pray, just step back. It's also a form of meditation as well. Although I'm talking to God, but times like that, when you close your eyes and you start to talk to this being, what does it do? You're trying to communicate. You're trying to, you know, you're getting out of your own head space. 
to talk to someone who you can see. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very strong form of communication because if we have a vision that we haven't realized and it's our mind is in our mind, how do you bring that to reality that you can have that vision and hold it in your hand is by focusing on that vision and doing the work to achieve it. Um, I, um, I read this book called The Secret. I don't know if you've read it. Yeah, I, have. I think that yeah. was the first introduction in my life. Yeah. It was the same for me. About, was, um, yeah. Yes, so. it was the same for me as well. And it's simple. It says, you know, if you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hands. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah. And it's, it's just as simple as that. It's absolutely as simple as I that. I think that's the basic. I think that's just basic. Uh, if somebody doesn't have like a lot of knowledge, but if you have the faith that if you have something in your head, you can always achieve it. If you understand just that and put some faith in it, I think you can do it. But there's a bigger science behind it. So, um, so especially I do. I, I, do I, I love, I love that word. Faith. Where I actually teach you. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, said so you said sorry to cut you short there, but that that faith word faith is such a powerful thing, you know. You know, faith is such a powerful thing, um, and we we need to have faith in ourselves because before we can have faith in something else. So uh, that's such a powerful. Thing. I just I'll highlight that again. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you, I mean, uh, I would just like to, like, you know, share this little story. Of please, mine. please, I mean, tell it's me. It's a very personal thing. And sure. it's related to faith. So when I was very young, um, say I was in, I was in fourth grade, okay, third or fourth grade I was in. And um, so what used to happen was I didn't have a very good connection with my parents. And uh, so I, I used to live away from them. And uh, that's when they like brought me back with them. And I was not very comfortable with these people because somehow I didn't resonate. And I always had this, you know, parenting notion that, you know, a parent should talk to their child like this. I don't know where did I learn from? I don't know how did it happen because even when, wherever that I was living, I never found these kind of parents, but I always knew. I don't know, somehow I just, I just knew what it, what it was like to be a nice parent. Okay. So what happened was I all, so I, the, this part kept, you know, like growing that I don't like where I'm right now, but I know it'll be better. So I just knew it'll be better. I just knew it'll be better. So I was third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, I passed out uh, from like school and then, you know, I was on my own and I always knew over the years. So it, it is almost 10, 12 years that, you know, I, I lived with them and, you know, like, you know, survived all of these things, but I always had this notion, the faith. So I, I, I am a very deep believer in the, in the word faith because mm -hmm. it's just this small, it's a very, very, like small voice in your head that that always tells you it's going to be fine it's going to be fine and no matter what I go through I always have this thing like in a garden angel sort of thing with me so yes. even when I used to cry at night I used to have this imaginary lady with me and I and she will tell me it's going to be fine it's going to be fine it's just few more years and imagine I used to say few more years mm. it's not like one day or two days. I used to say it's few more years Mm. And I think that sort of helped me uh, for, a, for a long period of time. And when mm -hmm. I came out, you know, all of these things and I started living alone, 
and i knew i i'm going to make the best out of it and ever since i've never looked back people always look at me and they'll be like how are you so confident how do you speak so freely how, how are you like this and i'm like i just i just know this is who i am i've always waited all of my life to be this person and you think i'm going to mess this up i won't mess this up i know what i have mm-hmm. to do so it's like you are in that zone you've always been waiting for imagine standing there and just feeling the power that you have mm-hmm. so uh, that's faith for me i mean that's the faith that i have for myself so even, so even when i am in like a bad space i know it's just temporary it's going to be fine because ultimately if i have survived so many things then i'm going to yes. do this as well so that's the that's the whole point for me and uh, uh, this is what this is what i want to tell people that you know it's it's never too late It's never too late. Absolutely. It's never too late. Sonia, I know you were going to be an amazing great woman. Yeah? I'll tell you something. People like connect with instantly like this, like you and I connected on the first day we spoke. We have an open spirit. Yeah? People that I take my time to know because they are not coming out clear that there's some kind of cloud you haven't got any cloud over you and that's why instantly you know we connected the way we connected you saw me on facebook you reached out to me we spoke we on that friday we probably spoke for over an hour already you know we kind of shared our whole <laughs> our whole life yeah. you know experience already that doesn't happen all the time I think and within 5 minutes to... we we were giggling and we were laughing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. You know, and and you know, that's such a that's such a very very positive thing, a positive force that can achieve a whole lot of greatness. You know, and don't let that change for any reason. ups or ups or down i mean look at me i've been through the ups and the down i've been through so many you know setbacks and all that stuff but here i am i my spirit is still there you know it's still fiery it's still passionate that is what is going to drive you to success and that's what people see and they are drawn to you because of feeding off on your positive energy to make themselves better i mean think about it if you've got such positive vibe and people are feeding up that and you keep adding to it and you keep maintaining that positivity and you fi- how much impact would you have on people it's going to be so much even through your platform it's coming through as well on the podcast you are yourself you're not trying to be somebody else that you're not and that's one thing that is amazing about people like us and all that stuff i don't believe in zodiac signs and all that stuff but we are certainly a kindred spirit you know and that will not change for nothing you know so we are going to make an impact on the world i know you're going to be great we are going to be great and we're going to impact people's lives positively positively and people are going to feed off our energy and they'll be telling us stories i'm sure you're going to be getting feedback you know in your email people saying to you sonia that podcast changed my life Oh my goodness that's worth more than a million dollars to change someone's life 
you know and yeah. you know it's such a it's such a rewarding thing to have it's such a rewarding thing to have you know so um keep doing what you're doing i love what you're doing it's amazing it's going to get better it's going to grow and i'm going to be there with you five ten years going forward in my old age in the walking stick or whatever i'm not going to be in a wheelchair i would probably use a walking no i'm not going to use a walking stick <laughs> I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be solid <laughs> you know, on my legs. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, this is for the long no. term. It's for the long, it's it's for the long term. Sure. It's for the long term. It's for the long term. You know, it's such yeah. a great. It's, it's such a great opportunity. You have you know, meeting you, you know, and um, for everyone listening, you know, just stay close to this woman. She's amazing. Uh, just subscribe to subscribe to this podcast channel it should be the only podcast channel you listen to because it just shows you how <laughs> you can be great you can decide on doing something and run it with it and the right things will come and you see that's the thing you know we when we put our ideas out there everything starts to flow in that direction the people that will help you, you know, materialize that idea, the resources will come, the money will come, the people will come, whatever it is will come, the platforms will come, the news channels will come, the interviews will come, you know, somebody will come and say, I want to buy your platform, I want to partner with you. When you put your ideas out there but if you don't if people don't put their ideas out there and it stays in the mind nothing will come absolutely nothing hey guys i hope you enjoyed the conversation between me and cheese and uh, if you want to connect with him you can just look for his name his name is as unique as him thank you so much for tuning in until then stay awesome take care Bye.